Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's going on, everybody? How's it going? Hope you're having a wonderful holiday time. Tonight, it is just me, BJ, and Brian. Say hi, Brian. Oh, I'm supposed to say hi? Is this a <laughs> podcast? Oh, I thought we were just hanging out. Hey, right. everyone. How's it going? Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, yay. Podcasting uh, is somehow, even though we do these fairly regularly, it's always kind of a new adventure. Kind of like <laughs> Doctor Who. Oh, I see what you did there. That was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yes, tonight we are, tonight, I was going to say, whenever you listen to this, we're doing a Doctor Who The Star Beast, which is the first of the 60th anniversary specials that are on Disney+. Plus. Weird, but uh, I accept it. I already have that streaming service, so that's a plus. You of Uh, all people should be very accepting of the fact that Disney has taken over yet another beloved thing. I mean, your time (laughs) with that evil delightful empire has i mean maybe not maybe you have like developed complete and utter hatred i i don't know why is this a problem i think it's a good thing because like marvel like pixar like uh studio ghibli for a little while in the similar kind of way they had like a partnership uh like the muppets disney does Mm -hmm. a good job of protecting ip oh star wars of course how could we forget like they actually are a good like benevolent overlord (laughs) uh so so i mean in 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 those properties across the board i think i'm sure there's some who would say otherwise but like they've done a good job of letting them be their own thing yeah they want a little brand synergy yeah they want you to crank out things that can make toys out of and yeah they also take their ips and use them in their parks and other media but like of course they will like that's that's a mutually beneficial thing that's not just going to go to help disney so yeah i'm I'm very excited about the the (laughs) partnership with disney it's a symbiote. Um, there you go. So <laughs> it's no, it's one of those things where I I, I appreciate the fact that uh, honestly. So here's here's the thing: Disney owns so many things, and it's so creepy to me because I used to watch a series called Epic Rap Battles of History. Oh yeah, I've seen that. The the Does studio. Disney own that? Yes, what? the studio. 
that they filmed all of the Epic Rap Battles of History stuff is owned by a subsidiary of Disney. And I know this because they did a a uh, they did a um Jim Henson versus Stan Lee uh season <laughs> finale where uh-huh. where uh Walt Disney comes in as like a third MC and at one point the one of his lines is like just hop on my hop on my tugboat boys You'll oh be safe gosh. under my employ. Now look at it, my empire of joy. So it's one of those things where it's just like it's all encompassing. But in all honesty, if as long as they allow the IPs to kind of do what they want, you're good. It's just when they step in and start meddling is when you're. But they haven't because they learned their lesson with Pixar. Oh, I think Pixar they, is absolutely probably one of the bad, bad or bad worst examples. <laughs> ah, see, I also forget English. <laughs> Um, it, it's a worse example because yeah, I think with Pixar they did kind of get in and at first it was great because they brought Lasseter mm-hmm. over and he righted he wrote righted the ship with Disney Animation, which had been kind of going downhill and going through a lot of changes. But then, you know, I don't know what happened with Lasseter. I know he had some some issues. Uh, I don't know what quite happened if he's still around or just in a very non-public role. But like, yeah, they started kind of cranking out the sequels to the Pixar stuff. It was just yeah. diluting it and, and diluting it. And what happens? But, but yeah. before we get – so we're, we're way down in the weeds on the <laughs> behind-the-scenes stuff. Who are we? First of all, we're Flame On, which we, you, you, we forget. And, and you're listening on a podcast listener. You probably know this is Flame On, of course. But just to make it you know very legit, we don't get yelled at by our, our benevolent overlord, our own benevolent overlord, uh, Pat, the uh, – the extra producer extraordinaire and honestly one of the biggest doctor who fans that should be on this show but uh he wants to catch up and i keep telling people i know so many people that are excited so excited about this and i'm like you don't have to catch up i actually this is one of the things i've enjoyed about doctor who like having been such a long time fan is that you really can jump on when there's a new uh showrunner so like if you so it's actually more about sticking with the showrunner if you want something interconnected but once a new showrunner takes over and honestly I think now that Russell T Davis has come back full circle there will be there could be one or two references to like 2005 to like end of Tenet era right before I want to oh, say right before Stephen Moffat took over There there've been so, so, yeah there've been a lot of references Starbies yeah. like and you're right. You're absolutely right. Like a new showrunner for sure sort of, sort of resets the board, but just a new doctor, a new companion, a new season. Doctor Who is one of the most and has always been, I think, one of the most sh- mindful shows about uh, new beginnings. Like I said, it's yeah. like a new whole new adventure. So, yeah, every time from that first uh, regeneration from the first doctor, to the second doctor. Like they love oh, heck even before that with the different companions that the first doctor traveled with, like mm-hmm. they always provide these entry points that you can jump in. And so, yeah, like I love the fact that this is a new entry point because Davis has come back um, and he does have, you know, a, a new face. Doctor has a new face because that's the whole point of regeneration. But again, what's weird is this is not a new face. It's an old face that's come back. And that is not the first time that's happened, but it's the first major time that it's happened. And it's very confusing to the doctor because he's like, wait, what? But to that point, though, <laughs> you do have a sort of a mix now of this new doctor with an old face. So you're getting some of the catchphrases. You're getting some of the little callbacks to the Russell era. 
specifically though with his companion Donna, who is now uh-huh. one of the first companions to come back in a like long term meaningful way. I say long term, but we all know it's, she's come. She well, yeah. so it's funny. So like, so like we have to start at the end, and I will say Jodie Whittaker's final line is probably my all time favorite final line. Like, I, it almost drove me to tears, which is the, all right, Doctor, whoever I'm about to be, tag, you're it. And so now we've got the 14th Doctor, which is officially David Tennant. David Tennant is also the, four, is, is considered the 14th Doctor. Yeah. He so, was the 10th and now he's the 14th. Now he's as the well. 14th. So I'm sure they're going to, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a 90% sure they're going to address why his face came back. However, there's a little something, uh, the 50th anniversary the 50th anniversary they brought back tom baker yes. as possibly the doctor from the future but known as the curator and it, and before he goes off screen he makes the comment he's just like he's like you'll he's like you'll probably see some familiar faces but just the favorites no and, I and I, like, I, yeah that and that was a moffat thing that he threw in there and it, it was definitely one of those like the first time that the doctor sort of joked about um, knowing a time Lord that could become uh, change genders. Like that was a throwaway mm-hmm. kind of joke in an episode. And then it became a real thing. Same thing with yeah. the curator line. It was kind of meant to be a, a, a sort of a cameo that was a little more than a cameo and then set sort of the precedent now that they can do that. So, I mean, all that to say, <laughs> what's it? The way has been prepared for whatever. There's a line in one of the doctor uh, <laughs> who regenerations. It's, it's a, the moment has been prepared for like, this is all sort of seated throughout but as we were kind of talking about, you don't necessarily have to know any of this to enjoy this episode. This story, as much as it does reunite uh, a former doctor and a former companion, so to speak, it's a new story. It's a brand new story about a brand new alien invasion-ish thing that happens in Doctor Who, right? You know, yes, there are characters that if you did watch some of the old tenant stuff, you'd have more backstory. But it's like, you know, anything else. Go watch it now. Go watch it after. Go learn about it after. You don't have to watch it in the same order everybody else did. And honestly, more people will probably have that. Actually, I shouldn't say more, but a lot of people will have that experience where they just popped it on and didn't know any of the old stuff. And then now they're mm-hmm. they're interested and then they'll go back and watch it. And, um, my, and my thing is I love I I love the fact that they they included that little snippet at the very beginning. They gave like oh, a little. Oh, you like that though? Oh, it I was like it that. was awkward. You know what? It was probably awkward for us because we watched it. Well, that's my thing. Okay, so let's talk about this. So we're we're <laughs> we're gonna do a little bit of a deep dive on this episode. We're not gonna try to go all the way through everything, but you know how we do. We might. <laughs> I will say there will be spoilers because we're already talking about some stuff. Oh, yeah. So hey, by we're the way, ready. if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. Go watch it like our friend uh, and colleague Pat and Eric have not done. Uh, but by maybe by the time we actually put this out, they'll have done it. I don't know. Um, but we always point. So, so that first thing before any other, Ooh, where did you get the shade button? You have a shade button. I, I logged in with Pat's login. So I have the shade button. Ah, oh, so jealous. <laughs> See, I mean, I only started this show. I don't get any of the cool toys that everybody else. <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I love that you did that. It was, it was, uh, as much as it has sort of not been a big part of Drag Race lately, I feel like it should come back and, and maybe we'll just, you know, make that happen. Um, but no. So the first thing you see before you get to any titles, you get to anything, you have fourth wall breaking addresses to the camera by doctor, the doctor and Donna independently. 
And the doctor's is just kind of awkward. He's in space, like just standing there. So it's kind of just a weird composite job. So that's already weird. And he's basically like giving you the catch up. He's catching you up on what you need to know. And that, that, that basically he's uh, come back as a, an old face. And suddenly now he's he's going to run into Donna. I mean, it's kind of setting this all up. But then Donna's like sitting in her computer blogging, vlogging. I don't know what she's doing, hanging out there, talking to the camera from her computer, but not talking to her computer's camera. Definitely something, you know, you can see the computer. Like, I, I almost feel like that was a, and I'm sure it was, and I'm sure it was an original, like Davis thought, you know, hey, we need this to explain this, whatever. But it almost felt like, like a Disney note, like, hey, you know, a lot of people aren't going to have watched Doctor Who because this is a you brand new what? thing for them. I think I so. I feel I, you know what that actually 100% kind of feels like it. Like not it, it feels like a note that Davis was like, "You know what? Sure, I'll do that." Like but whatever. It, <laughs> and you're right. For us, for anyone who's watched the show for any, any length of time, it's not necessary. We know this situation. I wish, oh, you know Bye. you know what would have made it less awkward? I wish there was a skip button. I would have hit a skip button. I wish oh, right. there's a if skip button treated- for it. I would have I would yeah. have absolutely slammed that bitch and gotten right into the episode. Well, it's like in a comic book, uh, and I don't know if they still do this, but I think they do. And it's certainly um, – anyway, they do like one-page catch-up uh, at the beginning. So if you really don't know what's going on but you still want to read the comic, it'll get you caught up. It'll tell you what's going on. It'll give you all you need to know. Nowadays with these streaming so- so shows, they'll do their like quick recap. And I would have preferred – honestly, I would have preferred that with judiciously selected clips – yeah, the quality is not going to be the same. So I understand maybe yeah. that's a little bit. You know. All that to say, I thought, because somebody had told me that there was like a little bit of a fourth wall uh, thing happening there. And I was like, okay, what? Like that doctor doesn't do that often. <laughs> like that's not a thing unless it is a thing. Like they that's a, a special moment. This is not what you get. You don't get Deadpool doing whatever. But that's not what this was exactly. This is just no. like that pre-show out of time yeah a recap of whatever i think if the doctor hadn't been just standing in space weirdly if he had been hanging out in the tardis i I think stylistically they could have done something to make it either a little funnier or a little and that's why it feels it that's why it feels like a disney thing because it feels like just a random edit that after the fact was yeah. That was on the cutting room floor that somebody either at Disney or BBC was like, no, you should put this in. And and I guarantee you there's probably some cast members that were cringing at like, why is that there? Yeah, but- I, I, I've heard other people who didn't mind it as much. And I guess that's fine. Whatever. I don't care. I, I, by the way, just to level set, I have nothing. Well, I have mostly positive <laughs> things about this episode. So so you're getting one of the maybe two or three things that I did not like. And we're not doing it in the order that we normally do, which is fine because we're no, just going to go through the I whole say- thing. But I yeah. say we, we I say go ahead. Let's let since you've already started, let's go ahead and go with like what what are your little nitpicky things about this episode? Oh, oh you just want to go straight to the negative? Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> we will end on a sweet note. We'll All end right, on a, that's we'll fair. End on a good note. Well, well, no. So I gave I I don't like that opening thing, and you, it sounds like you don't either. What what what's what's another thing you didn't like? So for me, honestly, uh, it. I on so this is this is the good complaint. So it's oh, okay. haha, tricked you. It's it's the I almost wish this had been a two parter. Um, so you'd have I more wish, time to yes, because honestly, I, I I the family dynamic. I I I wanted more of that. I wanted more of the family dynamic. We kind of just got thrown into it, 
And I actually would have loved it if that weird intro had hadn't, if I wish that if the weird intro hadn't been there, they could have easily fit, like fit a one or two, a couple minutes of something else, either with the family yeah. or with the doctor. Um, so like, so, so actually I'd say it's, it's the pacing. The pacing yes. was just a little off by it's the fast. middle of the episode. By the middle of the episode, I was I was just thoroughly invested. So, it, but it, but you're but it, I honestly, it's that little intro thing affected the pacing for me, and, and it I, affected I, the pacing in a we. It, it wasn't terrible, but it was weird. Like everything felt really weird and fast for the first. I want to say ten minutes. I was like, y- yes. "You're already here. This is really quick." So, it, yeah, that, and they, that's why I wish it had been more of a two parter. They went from. The doctor lands. The doctor is out. Oh, hey, the doctor just met Donna. Oh, crap. And it's and it's funny. Like, that whole opening is really funny and oh, fun. Yeah. But then you're thrown into, oh, here's Rose. And you're like, wait, Rose? And then, of course, they make that, like, you know, face. Like, well, Rose? You know, because Rose is an old <laughs> companion. And you meet Yasmin, uh, Yasmin Finney's character, which was amazing. And, and we'll talk a lot about, I'm sure, her her role in this. But I, I think they're just, you're right. It oh, was very fast. We, it jumped in. And we... Yeah. And we met Sean, and Sean was so fucking cute. Did Sean show up in the old series too? Was he at the yes. very end? Okay, that's what somebody was, said, and I just it don't was remember. the same actor. He was uh, the doctor went to her wedding, and <gasps> she walked out with him. And oh, then there okay. was another scene where, when the doctor was with Wilf at the cafe, uh-huh. he was outside with Donna getting into the car. Okay, okay. So he, so we actually got to meet him. Yeah, I mean great great addition to the family and and hilariously uh unflappable uh yeah. and the probably the chillest husband father you'd ever ever expect <laughs> to find honestly not that i am married or have children but i have such anxiety about dumb like things in my life that like i don't think i, I just could not imagine being in his shoes and being so like chill about everything it was it was remarkable so yeah i think you're right pacing is a problem i think you've thrown into it a little bit fast i think if this had been a full season which spoilers by the way there's only three episodes with this uh combination this is a 60th anniversary special the doctor who show will uh in more recent years will do this they'll have like a sort of interstitial set of episodes that don't belong to a season they're just sort of a series of specials and um, that's what this is. So the, the actually the fourth doctor, the tenth doctor, previous tenant, uh, so to speak, <laughs> he had a set of specials, uh, with Waters of Mars, the next no, the next doctor was a Christmas special. What, there was like a couple though. It was like no, no, oh. it, no. It was it was Waters of Mars. I think it was the Waters of Mars. Uh, yeah. The next no, 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 no. It was the next doctor, the Waters of Mars, and then there was the, the two parter. End of there time was the thing. Two parter end of time. Yeah. So um, so and 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 then that kind of wraps up a, a doctor. So so that's what they're doing. There's three specials. This is the first one about the Star Beast, which uh, I'm sure BJ did his research, but this is actually from a comic strip, comic like like a, a sequential art series in a Doctor Who magazine um, that they adapted, and it's very uh, reading it. I have actually not read the original. I've seen pictures of. Uh, art by the amazing uh, uh, what's his name Gibbons. Um, oh my gosh, can I think of his first name? Uh, who did uh, Watchmen? Dave Gibbons. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so some really great art uh, uh, that you know he 
he defined the what Meep looked like. He defined what the Wraith, the Wrath, Wraith, Wrath, Wrath, uh, or, or, or yeah, Wrath or whatever. Like he defined what they all look like. So I mean, great, great uh, episode, uh, or sorry, great artwork that was adapted. And the writers uh, of the story were Pat Mills and uh, originally credited with John Wagner, but I guess John Wagner was like a writing partner at the time and kind of put his name on a lot of stuff that Pat Mills did. Uh, so it, when they gave the credits in the episode, and I guess they paid them too, uh, they paid Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons for. Oh, nice. Yeah. So not only did they get the credit, the first uh, title, whatever, but then they got some money. And they also, did a whole. You, what? You, you know who voiced the meat? Marilyn Margulies, did I say her name? Yes, Mar- Marion. Yes, Margulies. Marion Margulies. I was, I was like, why does this voice sound familiar? She's amazing. Like, She's very versatile uh, as an actress. I, love her. I, I did I not, love did her. not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. I think I heard that a long time ago, though, and I had forgotten. So, what I do like about this new um, incarnation, of Doctor Who, under uh, Russell Davis and his team at Bad Wolf uh, Productions, there's a lot of great behind the scene content that is like out immediately on youtube mm-hmm. and if you go look for this right now and the doctor who channel whatever they have just some great behind the scenes uh stuff about this and we're we haven't talked about it or maybe we did on the show uh separately but the um children in need special i don't think we did no uh, we didn't we should talk about that briefly at the end of this uh yeah there's a little interstitial moment of uh, but, the, the uh, doctor, but what was, 14th doctor has. what was one more uh, what was another in- oh yes the negatives i think so, you and i talked about it thank you for uh reining me back in because uh, this is the problem. This has happened before we talk about Doctor Who. Um, I don't love the entire trans storyline. And let me explain. I love the fact that they have a trans storyline. That's not the point. I don't like how it was done entirely. I think the dead naming, I, I'm okay with because it's the bad guys are doing it, so to speak. The you know, kids that are harassing them. And I guess Davis was explaining that the name, that the, his dead name, or sorry, her dead name rather, was... Uh, a tie to the doctor somehow like there's a i don't know there's something there that's sort of tied in but overall davis did a little piece uh i think it was during the doctor who podcast there's a doctor who official podcast now and they have a youtube video up and he's like he's like listen i think that this is the right call here as far as dead naming in the episode by the bad guys to show this is not good behavior but he's actually like asking the community to to, to weigh in so so that yeah. one okay fine i get it the, oh, by the way, uh, Rose is a trans woman. And this is the crux of the problem because then Rose becomes part of the solution of the metacrisis. The metacrisis is a very oddly named uh, condition that Donna had where she uh, was imbued with Time Lord magic, Time Lord DNA, Time Lord something, in- intelligence. Well, his yeah, his, his mind, essentially. His All mind. of the Doctor's memories and every, and his mind, essentially. So this was why at the end of that whole end of time, like, Doctor, the Doctor Donna, like, Donna had to forget who the Doctor was. And so this has been the whole crux of, oh my god, if they see each other again and she remembers him, she's going to have a, a mental break. She's going to die. She'll burn her up. Her, her you, brain will essentially burn out. Yeah. So that's the problem that they had to solve. And the way they solved it is by saying, well, but she, Donna, had a daughter. Daughter is Rose. The daughter is trans and therefore non-binary. And then the the, the link back to, I guess, when, the, when Donna was sort of cascading from the memories was repeating binary, like binary, binary, bi- just saying binary <laughs> over and over again. This is in the original episode. And so then 
the solution when they, they get to this is to then intercut with Rose, who has now inherited the meta crisis and is also now part of this whole thing, intercutting her saying non-binary. Now, here's the thing. As far as a solution, it's about as messy and jammy as Doctor Who ever gets. Like, that's yeah. just par for the course. Don't care. It's fine. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The problem is... She's trans. She's not non-binary. Not non-binary. Well, did they? That's ever, not the ex- same. Did they? Ever, no, no. Did they ever explicitly? And that was and and so like right here, they never explicitly said if Rose was binary, like was non-binary. They don't say is, it, and I think it no. would have made more sense if they said Rose is non-binary. Her pronouns are they, she, they. But I think they uh, yes. they do a pronoun moment, which I actually think the pronoun moment's my favorite because and I, oh, Meep and I the Doctor that. both are like realize that they both use the the definite article as their pronoun, and that's <laughs> hilarious. Um, but no, they they kind of gloss through that with her, and they call her her, not they. They didn't. They decided they weren't going to say they. And you can be non-binary and use she, her. I mean, that's that's less yeah. the issue. But I think where there's a problem here is you're conflating what is transgender and what is non-binary. And that's not – they're not the same, right? Yeah. They're very different. I have trans people in my life. I have non-binary friends in my life. They're not the same. Non-binary is a combination or sort of an inter, a, a, a intermingling or something altogether different from yeah. the binary gender, whereas someone who is trans – and again, this is a broad generalization. I'm sure there's lots of permutations right there. But a lot of my trans friends, they're like, no, I am this gender. I am a single gender. I just was born with the wrong sex. So it's messy. It's complicated. I don't expect Doctor Who to tackle this head on and get no. it right. But it is one of those things that I kind of wish they had workshopped a bit more with trans and non-binary communities and really gotten to understand and, and get it right. You know? And one hundred and see, and that's where the extra time they could have saved because I did a second watch through today. Okay, and sitting the, and and honestly, I'm giving, I'm gonna give Russell. I'm this is one of the rare upper times I will give any producer, anybody in Hollywood, BBC or whatever, like the absolute benefit of the doubt because if I go back and watch it with the idea that part because the rose seems very upset throughout the whole episode, like throughout Mm -hmm. pretty much until I'm just going to start referring to Rose as they, until they formally take on the meta crisis and the idea that 
that if Rose was in the middle of also trying to figure out if they were non-binary on top of being trans and what that meant and all the complicated feelings. And, and so, so thinking that Rose is going through that Mm -hmm. explains a lot, especially the grandmother when the grandmother actually Mm. kind of felt off when the grandmother went like, I told her she was gorgeous. That isn't weird. Is it? The grandmother was like, something's wrong. Like, like Donna's, Donna's, Donna's mother of all people, but that it's both. Right. I see what you're saying. I think you're right. I think that's, that is a charitable interpretation. I will say that. Yes. But having people in our lives, it it makes more sense. Right. But like, yeah. also, I I feel like okay. So Russell Davis is in his what late fifties, early sixties, cis white man, queer, great writer. Do respect him. So none of this is a read on him at all. But his perspective is like mine. Like in certain ways, we're both cis, we're both white, we have privilege, all these things. I do think he had trans and non-binary people in his life. I don't think he didn't talk about it at all. I think he did. Yeah. But I just feel like it might have been more straightforward and you could have done it in a way that just didn't conflate the two and kept them separate. Not exactly. because they're both like they, they're both intrinsically all kind of connected in gender and gen- all this stuff, but like it, it would just make it a little more straightforward and you wouldn't unnecessarily conflate. But I do think with uh, it's not Sylvia, Jackie, is that her name? No, Jackie is Jackie's the other parent, Rose's parent of uh, different. <laughs> yes. uh, Sylvia, right? Is that her name? Yes. So, that's Sylvia. Okay. Jacqueline I, King is, is the actress. Jacqueline King, that's the actress. That's okay. Because I was like, Jackie, why is it? That sounds right. Sylvia was doing that thing in a, in a very, uh, you know, sort of tropey way. And it's not, it's not a trope. My mom does this too. Kind of like when, a panicked, like. Yeah. Like, like I, doesn't know how to handle it because it's so outside of their experience or her experience, I should say, that she's like, but she's trying to figure it out. And that's the right thing. I mean, her attitude and her question was all very, very good. And mm-hmm. I like that. I appreciate that moment. But I read it more as just she was like, I, I'm just it's awkward. I just don't understand it fully yet. And I'm yeah. trying to figure it out. But I think you're both. I think both can be right. And I think I'm not like I'm not saying it's, that it's the worst thing ever that this happened. I just no, it's yeah. just a little messy. It's it, honestly, it's a it's little just, jammy, like literally little, the term <laughs> that they use uh, the unit, the unit chick. Uh, what's her name? The scientific advisor should not a check, but you know. Oh, uh, uh, advisor, advisor number 50, 58 56, or 57. 56. 56. Yeah, I should know love her, her name. outfit because her outfit, outfit looks like Jodie Whittaker's. Oh my God, right. I love her in general. I think she's a great actress. She's actually been in some of the big Finnish uh, stuff as well. So that's the oh, audio Ruth series that. Matt Madeli. Thank you. Um, Madeley. Madeley. And we'll talk a little bit about the wheelchair thing too, because that's, that's another beat I want to, I want to get to. But, um, in, in a good way, but like I, I just Davis is really trying hard, and I appreciate him for doing that, and I appreciate yes. that he put the transgender journey and experience in and or non-binary journey experience if that's what they meant. I, I appreciate they put that right in front of all these people's, uh, you know, right in their homes, right in the front of their face, and they're like, "Look, you need to learn to deal with this and understand it." And that, even if it's a little jammy, which is what the unit advisor says about the doctor. <laughs> it kind of works out. It's, you know, I just want to point it out. I just want to say, and and, and this isn't, by the way, this isn't my cisgendered perspective. This is coming from a transgendered individual who watched the show and was like, what just happened? I'm confused about that. (laughs) So, uh, you know, uh, take that what you will. Other than that, I think negatives wise, there weren't a lot more. 
I think overall no. it does a great job of adapting what I understand from the original story. It solidly brings back Doctor and Donna. It introduces a new TARDIS interior, which is beautiful and crazy, and I love it. Can it throws, I tell you? Yeah, like we'll just we're just gonna go. We're, we're just going gonna start another things yeah. we love. Um, no, no. Can I tell you with the thing with the TARDIS interior? Uh, the one thing that I absolutely love about it is when they say bigger on the inside. That sucker is the fact he had the David Tennant had to have been out of breath in that scene because he ran like a full run through that entire space that the TARDIS is fucking huge. And I love it. And evidently that scene is not one they had originally scripted. It was very much a David Tennant as a Doctor Who fanboy from when he was a child having a moment where he's like, Oh my God. And like loving and just, just improvising and running all over that place. So you'll see on pictures online. Of course, this is not, you know, this is audio medium. You're not, you're not watching us. I, I think, I hope <laughs> it, it kind of is like very much a throwback to the old school black and white sort of, but white, yeah. very white forward. But I love the led rondels rondels that like change color. And that's cool. The round so you things. Can, yeah. The round things. Uh, I think I need a few more round things. That was one of the earlier doctors comments about the uh, interior, but yeah, the fact they changed color, you can use that for different lighting effects, different moods of the TARDIS, so to speak. I'm, I, I'm a lo- I love a good mood ring, mood rock, mood led thing that changes <laughs> with whatever. So I love that. I love the console, the front, the center console. I do not love the uh, column part. I think whatever's inside looks a little, weird and chintzy i do like the cylinders i think is more of the classic or what i like about anyway doesn't matter nitpicky i love the bottom the base you know how uh mm-hmm. tenants the 10th doctor's first tardis had like that base that you could go down and like check things out and work kind on of stuff. like the engine the engine area yeah. sort of like you could root around in it i like that and they kind of kept the spirit of that and that, by having that base underneath uh, I just love the multi-levelness of it and it, it's yeah. it's it's huge so yeah i uh full full fan i think I think at first I was kind of like, wait a minute. So this is where all the Disney money went. But also like um, it's so white and like it just it just it's so futuristic. I think somebody yeah. actually on that Doctor Who podcast, someone was like, it it just it just exudes the future. And for the doctor, you want that because it sets him apart from whatever else. But if you look at the console, the console has chrome, not chrome, sorry, like copper bits. It has it yeah, has the brass. contrast of, yeah, the brass. It has like contrast of some old, very less futuristic technology. And that dichotomy yeah. is always what makes an interesting TARDIS. The coffee thing, I don't know. I think that's a little weird, <laughs> but evidently I mean, one of the old TARDIS has had a biscuit maker. Yeah, it was better. No, that was that was Jody's. So, it's a little bit better than the random biscuit maker. <laughs> I mean, so like it's a it's a whatever. And of course, for this, it was a, it was a plot device because it lets Donna do her, her ridiculous uh, whatever and then blow up the TARDIS. So I do love that. Um, I think what, what what's another. So, so I, I don't even remember who picked what. Did you pick the interior of the TARDIS? Did I pick it? I don't know. I can't remember anything. <laughs> I think I, you were starting to talk about it. So we we both we both picked that. All one. right. So what's another thing you loved? So for me, honestly, the practical effects, I think I've I like like Doctor Who lately, at least within the past couple of seasons, has had some really good practical effects. But the practical effects on the Meep and the Wrath 
Um, I mean, I don't know how you make a grasshopper soldier look cool, but they made a grasshopper soldier look cool. Um, and the meep, when the meep turns, when it, when their face just like morphs into that angry look, I was like, well, that's horrifying and going to give me nightmares for the rest of my life. But well, I, did you I know, love the use. Did you know about the turn ahead of time? I, like, yes. Okay. I, I wasn't sure because... I thought maybe, and that was my thing, is like they always like to throw curveballs sometimes. So I thought maybe I'm like, oh, this might be the only good one. And then I was like, nope. Nope, it was not. <laughs> so if you knew the original comic or you heard, then yeah, you're like, oh, wait, the Meep's this cute whatever. But oh, spoiler alert, he's actually an evil, uh, what do you call it? Alien conqueror taking over the universe, whatever. So that turn, and especially the way they did it, is pretty great. And like anyone... <laughs> Someone was like, oh, my God, if you if you own a cat or if you have a cat in your life, you've definitely <laughs> seen that transformation before. And it fills you with horror. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So the, I think, the, yeah, the pr- yeah. practical the, effects were amazing. So I I think so. They, again, behind the scenes stuff, the battle they had on the, in the neighborhood with the rafts and the unit soldiers and blah, blah, blah. Like that one was pretty great. I like the um, when they're going through the. um the house, the row houses, and they're going from one attic to another. Oh yeah. Pretty great. Also, um, very practical. How did did you feel about the sonic screwdriver? Oh, I love it. (laughs) So here's the thing that I, I I collect the sonic screwdrivers. They're, they're, they're a big part of my doctor who enjoyment. And I, I do not have the new one. I actually need to order that. Um, but, I think adding additional powers, which, oh my God, the, 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 first of all, anyone who has ever like followed Doctor Who, you know that the sonic screwdriver is anything you need it to be. <clears throat> doesn't matter if it makes any sense. And so, and depending on the writer, there are writers who definitely don't like falling back on it as basically hey, a magic I, wand. I appreciated the fact that in the previous, uh, the previous Doctor, she called it more of a, she's like, it's more of a multi-tool, a sonic multi-tool. And I appreciated that I, because it kind yeah. of like, the Swiss Army knife, but but not yeah. even a knife because the Swiss Army knife has like everything in it. So yeah, the new powers basically are it draws like f- displays, like like amazingly synchronized, uh, useful displays. You just draw a box with it, and suddenly you can use it as a as a little monitor. And then it it produces these barriers, like force field blocks that you can like put in place as a shield. Which honestly, the Doctor not having something like that historically i mean the doctor isn't isn't typically a warrior he's solving problems he's saving people and so part of that saving people is well you need a shield you need you you need a way to protect people so like i think it's nice is it something that is going to be maybe well could it be overutilized absolutely um hopefully it's sort of just a in the moment situation and he won't do that very often and it didn't last long. Like it was one hundred percent not like yeah. not like indestructible or anything, it's, which it's I appreciate. Temporary. The, yeah. yeah, just enough um, to get away, which is a very defensive sort of strategy. Which I pre- I appreciated that. No, I do too. Um, yeah, I think overall the resolution uh, was uh, like I said, there were issues, but but minor. I did really enjoy the scene that's very reminiscent of the end of time, where Don and the Doctor are separated. <laughs> excuse me by a uh, like a glass barrier or whatever by a barrier that, that scared was tough. the shit out of me because that's almost exactly what happened with wilf right and oh, him yeah. getting stuck in the box and i was like absolutely the fuck not but let me tell you the number one thing i loved was when donna was completely like i love the whole moments where she had where she was just like i sometimes think i lost something like that kind of broke my heart oh every time but then 
when she comes back, the first thing out of her mouth, I I gave away my money. <laughs> yes. So we didn't even mention the money thing. So evidently, or do did, did we mention it? Like she got a she got no. a lot. The doctor gave her a lottery ticket. Uh, as he was leaving is like, oh, okay, I need to make sure you're going to be okay here. And it was like some millions and millions of dollars, whatever. And yeah, she gives it all away because in this weird, like she can't remember anything, but she knows it's there somewhere. And she has these instincts that are very doctor, like in her head, it was like, she had to give it all away. So that was pretty funny and horrifying. <laughs> and in this economy, because, you know, pretty bad. But, but the best part is the doctor was even asking the same thing. He oh, was yeah. even going, why did she give away her money? Like, and then the, him, like the idea that even the doctor was like, don't give away your money. <laughs> well, he, he got it for her. So, you know, I mean, yeah. And it, that was, yeah, that was pretty good. It was hilarious. Uh, but, um, and uh, yeah, I, and I also love that Sean's reaction to his wife and his daughter, like essentially having weird powers <laughs> and then just giving them up is him going, how lucky am I? And I, yes. I just, Protect that man at all costs. I yeah, swear to God. He's such a, ge- a gem. So I the only that. other uh, thing I, 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 I want to talk specifically about that's sort of not good or bad, but it's interesting, um, is the oh, – oh, wait. One more good. One more good. Sorry. The score. So I oh love Murray Gold's God. score. I think in this episode he did so many little motif callbacks in the first like – half hour no not even like 15 minutes to the previous doctor's themes and not just tenants theme but like eccleston's theme and um 11 slash uh capaldi's theme and mm-hmm. it, my, my, um murray gold is amazing i'm so glad he's back i forgot the guy's name uh who did the uh, the previous era with chibnall and uh whitaker oh yeah uh, signal signal i i can see his name spelled out ish but i can't i don't want to i'm not sure how to pronounce I it did really like his the theme for the 13th doctor i really <laughs> I, loved. i liked theme. it more it grew on me over time but i don't think he had the same breadth of uh ability that gold does and no. and it's partly a tonal thing murray gold loves uh, a bombast whereas uh that other composer um uh, he is a little more understated but but interesting and very yeah yeah um so anyway i just wanted to that had to be in the list. So unrelated to good or bad. If you saw the children, did you see the children in need special? I did. Okay. <laughs> so children in need is a charity thing. It's a, um, you know, it's a, it's an annual, like I don't know, it's been going on for like 40 years tradition where they'll have these little bits and doctor who has always been a part in, in different ways. One of my favorites, uh, I see, and I always confuse children in need with red letter or red, Red button nose, red nose, red nose day. So they're they're both big charity events. I don't know which one was which, but they have done Doctor Who skit skits and little little vignettes throughout, and they've introduced a new Doctor on one of them, whatever. Uh, one of my favorites though is actually a Moffat, uh, Stephen Moffat written uh, piece. It's very funny, but it's like a Doctor Who if the Doctor uh, was Rowan Atkinson, actually played by Rowan Atkinson oh. <laughs> at first, and then regenerates and then actually turns into a woman. Uh, so they they presaged uh, years and years and years before this. They uh, before even the throwaway line. They they did the doctor as a woman thing, uh, played by Joanne Lumley from Abfab. Uh, amazingly, oh, uh, anyway, doesn't matter. But this children of need need was a interstitial sort of in between from when he regenerates as the fourteenth doctor to when he's on his way to wherever, um, and he crashes into a, a Dalek, the first Dalek, yeah, on Scarrow. 
in front of Castilian, I think is his name. Yeah. Uh, or Cas- Casavellian. Anyway, he's like Cas- a Casavellian or something like he, that. He's a henchman. He's a henchman guy. But what's so that's funny, and they make a joke about the plunge. They use the plunger as a thing. It's it's cute. You got to watch it. It's up on YouTube. But the interesting thing that the Davis has been very vocal about is he's like, I am not going to put a bad guy in a wheelchair. And the leader of the Daleks, Davros, historically from the beginning, has always been in not a wheelchair, but in like a half Dalek, you know, suit. So that perhaps, like, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so long story short, he, he's like, it is, it is ableist to do that. It is a trope that I do not want to. I don't want to, he's acknowledging it, but he's saying, I don't want to do that. So Davros, the way we are envisioning him going forward is not in that suit, not in that wheelchair situation. So he is Was ambulatory. Was that the actor that played him? It is. Julian Bleach, I think is his name. Yeah. He, yes. It's the same weird guy. not seeing him all like shriveled and him actually being like healthy before he gets like converted, starts his conversion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, it, it is weird. And so that's what some people are like, oh, well, that's just before he ends up in the chair. And it's like, no, no, no. Davis is basically saying, like, he, he said this on an interview. He's like, I want this to be the way forward. I do not want to go back to it. And then on the other side of it, he put uh, the the scientific advisor character uh, in a wheelchair as a good guy <laughs> and, and as a sick, tr- tricked out wheelchair, like, Doctor, like uh, like James Bond era, you know, units always had a little bit of a uh, MI six James Bondish sort of spy tech element, right? Um, mm. But no, and I and I think I I see people who are like, oh my god, he's going too far. But I also really appreciate what he's doing here, and he's being mindful of these tropes that yeah. a lot of people just kind of accept, but really have been a problem and contributed in some in some way to defining people who have different uh, abilities in terms of mobility uh, and- or other dis- like disabilities. Like, so, so I'm really <laughs> glad that he did this. Um, and I don't, I'm not like so heartbroken that we're not going to see Davros in his freaking oh, chair. I mean, who cares? N- no, because you know, the best part about this is the very last time we saw Davros, the doctor took him out of his chair and stole it. And that is probably my favorite Kirpaldi moment Forgot of all about time. That. Yeah, where he he steals it, and then when they open up the door, he wheels in and goes, "Admit it, you've had this exact nightmare." And I'm like, that was I'm pretty like, funny. It was the most random thing I've ever seen in my life. It, it, but it's like, pretty great. I, honestly, Davros wandering around like he was, even though that was like a children in need special, that was actually kind of hilarious. Yeah. It's still he intense. was still very intense and v- like I don't know Davros walking around sounds a little bit creepier to me now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No. I think in some ways it does make him a little whatever. But like I, again, all this is to say I appreciate Russell Davis and if this is his, if 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 this is now his mission to, and I hate saying it this way and I apologize because this word is <laughs> definitely charged. But if this is his wokeification of Doctor Who, I am both thrilled to hear the bullshit that we are going to now hear from people on the right about this and how they've just ruined Dr. Who, blah, blah, blah. And also now frustrated by the fact that we're going to hear this, like, like it forces an issue in a good way and in a great way and makes it very progressive and very like, you know, straightforward, like, here you go. But also, yeah, I'm just, it's that backlash. that's going to be like, Oh, whatever. 
And Doctor Who has always been on the progressive side of things. Don't ever fool yourself to think otherwise. Uh, it actually, and I wanted to tie this back, um, that Beep the Meep uh, uh, adventure comic had a companion named Sharon, who I did not know about, and I just recently learned, uh, was the first uh, companion of color ever. Yes. Like before yeah. the, the current incarnation of Doctor Who. Like for, because that, that contract came out in the 80s. Like, yeah, so that's pretty huge. And so like, that's not necessarily just a progressive thing. But I mean, I, I want it to be very clear. Doctor Who is long, long, long time. And, you know, like Star Trek, envisioned a very um, progressive future where everyone is welcome and and and, mm-hmm. and included and, and all the things not to say it hasn't fall, fallen short of that it has over the years well times, and and but. this and this will bring me to my final thing that i have been thoroughly enjoyed and i'm going to keep enjoying as the reactions and the months go by is how angry it's making a group of people because i've literally watched 10 videos today of uh, literally the videos are just how the BBC has forever ruined Doctor Who. And really? I, and, they're out there now, but, huh? Oh, they're all over the... Uh, like, And I'm loving every delicious morsel because specifically it's when Rose... First of all, psychologically, Russell T. Davis is either a mad genius or subconsciously he's enraged because that clip where Rose... like looks at the doctor and goes, Hey, aren't you, why are you assuming that the meat wants to be the meat pronouns are he, and that whole exchange lit a fire and it is burning away all of the most toxic fans for doctor who. Let me tell you a good riddance because like it is literally that scene because people, (laughs) the most toxic of people have been holding on to like, rose tyler as like the epitome of the feminine and the most like perfect woman to be your assistant and now that you have a trans woman of color being who who is now named rose who is now canonically a rose in doctor who with their favorite doctor (laughs) it 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 was a recipe for this meltdown and this dude like i watched a guy cry a guy oh no Seriously, like, and I got a sick satisfaction from it. I'm telling everybody listening, I absolutely deli- like. You, I you would drink their tears. Yeah, yeah, I am going to listen to that to go to sleep tonight. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like it's just one of those things where sometimes the trash takes itself out. And yeah, and they just sound I'm, like such whiny bitchy fanboys. And I mean, oh, yeah. admittedly, I'm sure I sound like a whiny bitchy fanboy in certain times. In fact. <laughs> I think if you go back and listen to any of the episodes from the last 12 years, you're going to hear me sound like a wannabe bitch fanboy. No question. But like, I have long since moved past, thank God, this this idea that you 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 have to protect these these characters. And oh my God, how dare you change the, the latest uh, nonsense is people are like, oh my God, they're going to make the Silver Surfer a woman. Oh my God. And it's like, y'all, oh, Jesus, just like, let things go. Like, this is not we're, gonna, we're not talking about this, but the next episode I want to talk like the full <laughs> episode about Scott Pilgrim takes off because oh here you God. have a story that is very, 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 very set in a certain era, but also very treasured among a lot of fanboys and girls, fan people. Let's just say, um, fans. 
that's probably the easier one. So fans, um, but like they made some changes in this adaptation for Netflix that, um, <laughs> oh, I can see breaking some, some, some heads, not in like the, oh, we're making this progressive or whatever, but, but in some ways, but like, so, so that just, just like, let it go. Let it just let, let the yeah. different incarnations exist. And you know what? It doesn't matter if it doesn't all a hundred percent line up with your your head cannon or the real cannon or yeah. whatever. If just, you don't like it, it's completely okay to stop watching it. It's and then you know fine. the thing about Doctor Who is you, you wait wait a few years and it'll regenerate and maybe you'll like wait, the next thing. Who knows? God wait forbid, the showrunner. If we get a weirdly prog- well, not not progressive, we get a really conservative showrunner, which probably never happened with Doctor Who. But like heaven forbid, if we're in like the dystopian hunger games future and the doctor is this conservative weird i mean god only knows and and then i won't like it and i'll bitch like a fanboy uh whiny fanboy oh by the way the composer i could not remember the name of segun akinola and so i apologize that i did not remember his name but uh yeah he did all the stuff for whitaker and it's good it's real good uh it would have been kind of nice if they had even quoted that but uh and maybe they didn't i missed it but yeah that that score of murray gold and the new opening credits, uh, we didn't even talk about the credits. The oh credits my are beautiful. God. Uh, my very favorite. I, I love the new, the new, especially the visuals where it's yeah. like the TARDIS surfing. Um, yeah. I'm, that was, that like, was a trip. That was like, I was like, I've never seen that before, but I mean, you know, in, in a credit situation. Gorgeous. I'm, um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so are you, cause, oh, so here's the thing. So now that we're only 20 minutes over time, that's fun. Um, like the doctor, we've stretched our time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we've got two more specials coming up. We've got Into the Blue Yonder. And then Wild I don't know the blue. title w- of the Wild Blue Wild, Yonder. Wild Blue Yonder. Yeah. Uh, and then I can't remember what the, the, giggle. the title of the, the Giggle, which is Neil Patrick Harris as the toy maker. So I'm very, very, very excited to see how that shakes out. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for both. I think Neil Patrick Harris is, you know, a gift and it's going to be so much fun. But I'm honestly more excited because they had a like a 60th, like, oh my God, happy birthday, Doctor Who. And Jinx Monsoon was in her outfit that she's playing this new character or this character. Yes. We don't know if she's new or not. And I, I'm actually more excited about that reveal. Like, I kind of want her to be the, <laughs> I don't want, like, the, the giggle is going to be the, the toy maker and it's probably the boss that the Meep is referring to. Who knows? Well, so, so, no, but I want it almost is- to be Jinx is the boss. <laughs> You know? Well, no. The rumor is that actually uh, some there there will be references to whatever who whatever and whoever the doctor is going to be dealing with after the specials. Okay. And I think um, uh, the new doctor is there's will be a Christmas special, so we yes. won't have to wait long no. for the new doctor to make their debut. Well, they'll make their the debut Christmas at the special. end of the 60th. So that yes. so the third one, the giggle, is going to end with the regeneration is what we're all basically expecting i mean it could be a could be a big surprise and it's not or it's something else i've heard some wild theories lately but yeah <laughs> the christmas special the church on ruby road uh is going to be the doc the new doctor shooty got was doctor and the new companion uh ruby gold ruby something i think ruby gold yeah. anyway uh so that's very exciting and and you know obviously we're i mean as much as these specials are great and i'm very thrilled that davis is back i i'm really very 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 excited about that doctor's premiere and the new companion and just the new direction that the show is going to go in um, forward. And not that this, these three specials aren't great in their own respects, but they're kind of the looking back that the, everybody felt like they needed to do before we go into the wild blue yonder or whatever. Like that's the excite that as a doctor who fan, 
that's where I'm really, really excited. So yay, Christmas soon. Yeah, very soon. But God is coming up too soon, I think almost. But uh, and I'm glad Christmas <laughs> specials are back. I'm, I, I'm nothing against the New Year's as a holiday. Sure, yeah. great. But honestly, when they changed that, I was like, what? Come on, what are you doing? Like, you can be an atheist and still celebrate Christmas. It's a pagan tradition. Like, just don't. I don't. I don't even know why they did it. But Christmas specials and Doctor Who go hand in hand, at least since two thousand five, um, or two thousand six when the first one. Anyway, I, I just uh, I'm very I'm very um, thrilled that that's back, and uh, I yeah. hope that never goes away again. So, well, if you are all enjoying this episode and if you have enjoyed this episode and you enjoy hearing me and Brian prattle on uh, 23 minutes past uh, our micro episode. <laughs> it's oh, extra value. It is. It's extra value. It's extra bang. Mm-hmm. Um, so not for a buck because right now our Patreon is paused. Um, but hopefully in the new year we can get that squared away and you guys can start throwing us some cheddar, some cheese, some shmoney. Just share um, the in- podcast with your friends. Honestly, the pot, the, the Patreons, all that's great. It would be leave not a leave review. us review. Yeah, like 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 subscribe, all that fun stuff. But just tell a friend. Honestly, it's even better. Just tell your friends. Say hey. There's a queer podcast. Uh, a bunch of people are talking about shit. Like, just, just, hey, what about this? Share this with somebody. So that's your Christmas gift. You could do a lot worse for friends. You know, what absolutely. I'm and it costs uh, you nothing. So in, <laughs> and in the meantime, feel free to hit us up on any of our socials uh, at flameonshow.com, um, Flame on Show on Facebook. Uh, hit us up. I'm going to start kind of. Pu- I'm cur- I'm going to try to try and pump these boys up to actually post some stuff on the Instagram. I've been thinking um, about it. Uh, it's not. It's never far from the. You know. Um, <laughs> but I do post already at, at Flame on Brian. So if you if you're if you're close or you just want to follow my wacky adventures at Flame on Brian is the uh, with a Y Brian with a Y is uh, certainly a place I am currently posting. Uh, so you know, uh, but am- in the new year, I think we do we should have more uh, excitement on the socials. Where, wherever Absolutely. those socials are, if it's Blue Sky, if it's Xmas, Twitter, X, whatever, I don't know, whatever I, the hell. You have a bunch of Blue Sky codes. I think I should oh. definitely use one of those to make us say official Blue Sky so we can get off of X, Twitter, X Twitter, whatever whatever that is. But yep. anyway, thank you all for listening to us. Thank you for uh, a, a thank you for all the love you've given us over the year. Hopefully we should be back soon with our uh, end of the year uh, full cast and uh, possibly I believe two one or two more micros before we finish out the new year and then our customary uh, what are you excited for in the new year uh, microsode or micro micro or nuggy. Uh, those are still a thing. So oh, the nuggies. <laughs> so anyway, uh, with that, uh, I'm going to be nice to you guys and I'm say goodbye, everybody. Have a wonderful day, night or noon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 